This is What Has My Attention, and I'm John Beethan, your host. This is an episode, Women in Strong Leadership, number 48, and it's titled Stepping Into Your Power. And it features Audrey Holst, Lisa Pachentz, and Patty Block. We're continuing the Women in Strong Leadership series with Lisa, Audrey, and Patty. And today we're talking about stepping into your power. And if you look at the show notes, you'll see the topics and links to the previous episodes with these women in strong leadership. So let's get started with Stepping Into Your Power, featuring Audrey Holst, Lisa Pachentz, and Patty Block. So take it away, and who would like to be first? I'd like to hear from Audrey first. Yeah, Audrey, go for it. All right. My name is Audrey Holst. I am the founder of Fortitude and Flow, and I specialize with working with people who are dealing with pre-burnout and toxic perfectionism. So I work with people who are not super crispy fried. I work with the people that are on their way to being super crispy fried. And those are the people that are really good at grinding and grinding and grinding and um, are really good at masking their stress. So I help those people start to actually enjoy their lives and their work in a way that they've been trying so hard to get to. So that is me. And I'll pass it off to, uh, to Lisa. Woohoo! I feel like we can do metaphors about being fried and crispy fried today. <laughs> totally. I'm Lisa Bachens. I'm a master certified coach and executive life coach to underfulfilled, high achieving women with big hearts, big ambitions, and big burnout. So I work with the women who have had many years of success, know how to hustle, know how to grind, know how to get results, and don't know how to combine success with satisfaction. So they're asking themselves, like, is this it? Can I really be hella successful and happy at the same time? And yes, yes, you can. I help to bring sexy back to women entrepreneurs and executives who want to have that next level of, uh, of success and joy inside their lives. Um, I tend to work with passionpreneurs, big hearted entrepreneurs and, um, and executives in large tech organizations. Um, so that's, that's me, LP Coaching, Life on Purpose starts now. Wonderful, and I'm Patty Block. When I was growing up, my mom used to make these fabulous cookies. The whole house smelled good, it was warm, the cookies were gooey. And all my life, I watched my mom eat the broken cookies. But it wasn't until I was a teenager that I even thought to ask her, why do you only eat the broken cookies? Do they taste better? And she laughed and said, no, I eat the broken cookies so you can have the whole ones. And not too long ago, I saw this really shocking statistic. 62% of women rely on their business for their primary income, and 88% of those businesses make less than $100,000 a year. And all of a sudden, this image of my mom eating the broken cookies popped in my head. That's what we as women are doing in our businesses. We are following our role models, our moms and our grandmothers, and we are putting this spirit of self-sacrifice right into our businesses. I work with women business owners who are experts in their field to help them price, sell, and run their business on their own terms. I'm Patty Block. Patty, 
I have to tell you that I thought about you in the grocery store the other day. So I'm going to share this because I think that um, this is just, you know, I think this speaks to how brilliant Patty is, first of all, with messaging. And second of all, how this shows up in different places in our lives, like in a practical sense. So I went to the, the grocery store and I went to the fish counter to get some salmon. And I said, can I have a pound and a half of salmon? And the person like cut off a piece of fish and like put it on the scale. And it was clearly like under and she kind of like made the face. I was like, that's okay. And so she like cut off this like little tiny piece of salmon and put it on and like that was a pound and a half. And she's like, she was like, is that okay? And I was like, yeah, that like, that's fine. And she said something like, well, you can, you know, you can just eat that piece or whatever. And I was like, she's making me go on the broken, she's make, making me eat the broken cookie. She's telling me to eat the broken cookie. I was like, well, maybe I'm going to serve that little piece to the guests and maybe I'm taking that big piece for myself. So that instantly, as soon as she said that, it popped in my head, Patty. And I just, I was going to share that to you with you earlier and I forgot. And now I'm sharing it with you in, in live, live time. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that has really been amazing to me is how pervasive that thinking is. We have lots of limiting beliefs as humans and as women, but that one in particular, self-sacrifice, always putting others first, and I have no problem with putting others first as long as it doesn't negatively impact me, as long as I'm not sacrificing in order to put others first. And we all want to serve. That's why we chose the businesses that we have. So, And that's true of all my clients. They all want to serve their populations. But what has to stop, in my view, is that we are sacrificing ourselves, our time, our energy, our financial success. We're sacrificing way too much. And we're doing it to ourselves. We create this artificial glass ceiling in our own businesses. Okay. I, go ahead, Lisa. I've... Well, given that our theme today is stepping into our power, how, does, how, do, how do we see what we're talking about here related to the topic? It's very related, but I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I, this is, so go, can I just jump in here because this is right on the top of my, like tip of my tongue. Um, so with relating to like what Patty just talked about and this other piece that I just had an experience with recently. And I actually just wrote about this um, recently on LinkedIn, this, this piece of uh, physical observation. So when I think about things like stepping into your own power, I don't think we can, we can talk about a concept without the physicality of what it means to actually have a physical body that's stepping into something, right? There's for me, it's, there's an actual, Mm -hmm. when people say things that are metaphorical or, or conceptual, there actually has to be a drawing back to like an, a real thing. So uh, something that I did last weekend is I took a wilderness first aid training. And that is that came from me uh, spending a lot of time in the outdoors and going for hikes and maybe possibly leading some trips in the future. And so I felt like there were some really foundational things that I wanted to feel confident about if somebody, you know, stumbled or there was an allergy or somebody there was some injury or we came upon people that needed help that I wanted to feel confident in being able to be of service and, and, and feel capable. And the, the first thing is to secure a scene, right? Is to secure the scene. And the first thing that they teach you and they go in, in numerical order, there's five of them, but five of them, as I put up four fingers, five of them. The number one thing is number one, I'm number one. And what that basically says is 
you can't make yourself a second victim. That is the bad scene. If you've not checked out the scene to make sure it is safe for you to enter and that it's not going to cause you bodily harm so that now there becomes two victims that need, you know, rescuing or helping, that's a bad scene. So the first thing is you have to be okay yourself before you're helping somebody else. And I think that that is a, and that takes a certain amount of self-awareness and and power really to be like, okay, because it takes, it takes a certain amount to Patty's point to be so like counter to, and I'm putting these in quotes, like counter to the popular culture, right? Get in there, go help. Like, don't even think of yourself, you know, be selfish and uh, and selfless. And, and yes, right. There are certain things where our instincts come over and we jump in, but I think it is important to take that pause. Um, as Izzy Prillo, uh, a friend of mine said, she's like, walk don't run <laughs> like actually walk evaluate don't run um and how many places are we not stepping to our power but actually becoming like a second victim because we are uh reactive and just kind of going along with the way that we we've, we've been taught so that's i'm just gonna put that out as the starting point is immediately what came in my mind uh relating to this topic i think that's a great uh analogy audrey this is patty um, one of the things that comes to mind as you're describing that is the other thing that requires is discipline. And one of the challenges, I think discipline gets a really bad rap because we think of it in a military setting that you have to follow orders, you have to be disciplined in a particular way, and that it's punitive. And I don't see discipline that way at all. I think it is a gift. And required for you to get to your goals so and what we see with a lot of entrepreneurs is a huge lack of focus and along with that is the lack of discipline you can't really have one without the other so I think that's what came to mind as you were describing the first aid and you can't become or you shouldn't become the second victim and and I see that dynamic a lot so discipline was something that really stood out for me as you were describing that. Mm. Lisa, what are your thoughts? I have so many thoughts about this. I think the first thing when, when we started talking about stepping into our power just now was the oxygen mask metaphor that is very overused, but everyone knows it. It's when there's a problem on the airplane and oxygen masks come down, you always put your oxygen mask on first and then you help other people. There's a huge difference between knowing something and following through and doing something. And I think that's what you're speaking to. There, we can have all the self-awareness in the world that we're, we're sacrificing, we're punishing ourselves, we're struggling, we're on the struggle bus. A lot of my clients are on the struggle bus. Things are sucking and they don't know how to be successful without things really sucking. And uh, I think awareness is always the first step. Like uh, with awareness comes choice, with choice comes change. And so being aware that there's a problem, that you're doing it to yourself, I think is really important, but then there's the, there's the implementation, there's the application, and that's where our industry, our respective industries are so valuable because we get to be that accountability to say like, hey, you need to be more disciplined. Let's put some structures in for you to practice discipline, self-discipline. I had one client um, that, I, that I was working with a while ago, I'll, I'll never forget this, and she, there was a, a light bulb moment, moment in her coaching where she was like, oh my God, that's why I walk around the house leaving my drawers and my doors partway open. 
I don't, I'm not disciplined enough to like close the drawer all the way every single time. She doesn't follow through or she didn't follow through. And so it was even just that, that small bite-sized practice of integrity, follow through all the way that was helpful in her seeing and starting to get some momentum in, okay, well, I need to follow up with my clients. I need to follow through with these things. I need to take that step to not sacrifice, to not struggle, to enjoy myself, to raise my prices, to you know, do those things that allow us to step into our power and, and hold, hold ourselves to the values that we say, but that we might not be operationalizing. Um, I could say so many more things about that, but I, I yeah, it's a very common one of the thing things, for women. One of the things that I'd like to add is, Audrey, I'm really glad you brought up the physicality, and you're carrying it a step further, Lisa, when you talk about the follow-through. So that really, um, I think, encapsulates what we're talking about, because I'm talking conceptually about stepping into your power and Audrey, you're talking about the physicality. And Lisa, you're really talking about that follow through and follow up. And that is the continuum mm -hmm. of what needs to happen for everyone as they're trying to reach their goals. And when we talk about women stepping into their power, which also I think is an overused term, and I think the the real challenge is that self-awareness because a lot of people think they already are. They already have stepped into their power. And yet, they're underpricing, they're feeling burned out, they're running in circles. And so how you define that for yourself is really important and how you define it for others. And what that really looks like for you as an individual I think is mm. super important. And when I talk about raising awareness, it's that most women that I'm talking to think they already have stepped into their power. And they feel as though things are all going in the right direction, but they need that one magic thing that will kind of put them over the edge to, quote, success. And we all three know that's a mistaken impression. There is no one magic thing. And it's a conglomeration of things that helps you be successful. And you have to define what success means because it's different for everyone. It doesn't mean you have to be successful in the same way that your colleague or your competitor is. So you've each brought up super important points, one of which is about being reactive. And that is our default as women. So learning to be proactive is part of what I teach, it's, I, I think it's a required attribute, and we have to move ourselves out of, both physically and conceptually, out of that reactive mode. So I think that's a really important point that both of y'all have brought up, and also trying not to compare yourself to everyone around you, because it doesn't make any difference. And it doesn't mean they're doing it right. They may be a peer to, to be doing things that are successful, but we really don't know, and we're giving others way too much credit. Focus, discipline on yourself, on your business, 
it's going to get you so much farther, so much quicker. Patty, I think you created a million dollar trademark flowchart of how, how to transform and step into your power. So we'll bring that to Michael Roderick. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah, that was brilliant. And I, I'm about to give a shameless plug for, for coaching right now. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Do it. so I think that one of the things that's, uh, let me, I'll touch on a couple of points and, I, and then I want to tell another story. Uh, so, um, I am one of those people. So if anybody's listening and is having maybe negative reactions to the term discipline, uh, which I have, right. And so it's one of those things like the word sales or marketing, where it's like, these are commonly used terms and we have to figure out how to get on board with them. And for me, sometimes I have to kind of like do a translation in my head. So I'm just going to offer that. Like, I don't, I don't resonate with discipline as a positive thing. So I sort of translate in that into my mind is I am noticing how uncomfortable I am, right? Like I'm noticing how uncomfortable I am about doing this particular thing and I'm going to do it anyway. That's kind of my, my definition of, of discipline. So if that helps anybody who's listening, I'm just going to offer it. The other thing that I think is really important, and this goes to Patty's point about um, people thinking that they've stepped into their own power, right? Like, oh, I have stepped into my own power. So a couple of weeks ago, I, uh, I started having this like neck pain, this like really tense neck pain, right? And I'm like, okay, that's kind of unusual. And I know, okay, traditionally, like when I'm kind of stressed out, my neck, I, I will notice it in my neck. And it wasn't really resolving and it was like causing pain for like doing everything. And I went to the acupuncturist and the acupuncture was like, you literally bent my needles today, like showed me the needles. They were literally bent from the amount of spasm in my neck and my back. And so I'm still like, well, it's painful, but like, it's not that bad. Right. And so my husband is like, I think you might be stressed. And I'm like, but I don't feel stressed. And I brought it to my coach. And she was like, well, you've been doing X, Y, Z, Q, P, W, like listed all the things that I've been up to the last few weeks. And was like, it would make sense to me that you're in a time where like a down cycle would be really helpful. And I asked another colleague of mine and she was like, yeah, based on a down cycle would probably be a really helpful thing for you. And so like I, even though I'm a very self, I consider myself to be a very self-aware person, I could not feel the bigness of the things I was doing and the impact on me until I was like, you know, until the fire had been raging for a really long time and the fire alarm was screaming and somebody else was like, hey, I can hear the fire alarm, even if you can't. So I'm going to let you know. So that's why I think it's so helpful to have either people in your lives or a coach who can be looking at you and can be seeing what you're doing and can be having that observer st status where they're saying, okay, you have this perception of what it means to step into your power or what power maybe means to you or what you've allowed yourself to experience as power. This is what I'm kind of seeing for you. And it might be different than what you're thinking. So like, right, being able to hold a bigger, maybe a bigger vision for somebody than they're actually able to hold in their own system and then getting their nervous system to get used to what that might be like. So that's a long winded way of talking about it. But I think, again, for me, it has to be a physicality of like, how do I actually physically relate to this, this subject? And that's another piece that I'm starting to, to relate to is that like, I can't see it, I can feel it, but I need somebody to translate it for me. Go coaching. I have a question. I go coaching. <laughs> I am the number one cheerleader for Go Coaching. Um, Audrey, I have a question for you. 
What does stepping into your power look like from here? What does, and from here meaning? Given your experience and the bent needles and like what you've learned, I'm, I'm like, I haven't quite pieced, like put the dots together in, in what you mentioned. Yeah. So when I, when I think about, or when I imagine stepping into my own power as an, as a embodiment, um, it's very present right? It's like stepping in from being outside of myself to being inside of myself, for being fully inhabiting myself as a physical, physical being, from fully inhabiting how I am in a moment. So stepping into my own power may actually be admitting and voicing that like, it's been a rough two weeks, right? Or some version of that, right? That for me, that mm. may be a very powerful thing to say that and have that be the end of the sentence. I think that's a lot of thing about stepping into your power is fully owning how you are, how you're feeling, voicing it and having that be the end of the sentence. I'm not justifying. I'm not going out of the way to make somebody else feel comfortable about it. I'm just being who I am in a moment and letting that be enough essentially. Mm. And now I'm so curious about everybody else. Thank you for answering. Yeah, thanks for the question. I'm so curious about everybody else's uh, interpretations as well. Well, I, I appreciate you going that extra mile because I'm I'm still noodling on what this means for me. Like, how would I go about defining stepping into my power? And it's funny. I, I was thinking I, I had forgotten. I actually ran a coaching group, a six month coaching group called Owning Your Power. <laughs> it was just one iteration. But it, I mean, like, I loved it and it was phenomenal. And I'm thinking about the the curriculum that I did the very first month was was focused on what it actually means to define our power. Like what what is our power, our unique power? And I think that that's the, that's the most important thing to start with. Like what would it look like for Audrey to be powerful in that moment? What does it look like for Lisa to be powerful in each moment? I think for me, stepping into my power means um, a lot of boundaries like defining my boundaries, holding my boundaries, loving myself through hard things. Um, for me, stepping into my power isn't about self-discipline. And I have a weird relationship with the word discipline. Sometimes I embrace it because, you know, as an athlete growing up, discipline was a good thing. It was a positive thing. You got a lot out of like doing your sprints and, you know, ru running and doing the things you don't want to. Um, and I have to be careful not to discipline myself from a negative place, like a I have to do this because I haven't been doing this and I'm bad because I haven't been doing this. So um, I went off on a tangent here, but like it's important, it's important to know what power looks like so that we, we know the practices to, to step into that. Because um, for me, a lot of times it's the, it's the softer, it's the feminine, it's the Stepping into my power means putting down the the wrong, the suffering, the struggle, the like harder masculine punch to the gut that I usually give myself. And it's how can I how can I rise into joy? How can I create this from positivity? Um, and in in the group that I ran, 
you know, we, we focused on what our power actually looks like, but then we also identified what are all the ways that we limit our power? What are all the things that are stopping us? And I think for women, a very common thing is what we started with. It's that, um, it's that sacrifice. We limit ourselves through that win-lose. If other people win, we lose. And uh, Audrey, I know we jammed out about this on a, a prior podcast, um, the book Burnout by the Nagoski twins. They talk about the difference between uh, human beings and human givers, and women are raised as human givers, and men are raised as human beings. And so there's this cultural phenomenon of women um, not stepping up, not bringing our voice, not putting our, ourselves as a priority um, that I have also experienced too. So it's, a, it's certainly a practice of mine. Patty, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I had never heard the human being versus human giver. And so I find that fascinating. One of the things about, again, quote, stepping into your power, um, I'm, I agree with what you've both said, but I'm looking at it from a somewhat different perspective, which is that power doesn't exist except in a society. And power is not in a vacuum. We can't talk about people around us. So when I talk about how you can step into your power, let's say as a woman business owner, as a woman expert, whatever you're doing in your life, as a mother for that matter, when you want to step into your power, it's about how you affect those around you. And that means speaking up and speaking out. And that's where I think it starts for women is that we remain quiet. And times that we are fearful that there's going to be a difficult conversation, it's really hard to, to build yourself up because we are also, like the human giver, we are also taught to minimize conflict, to be the mediator to stay quiet because, in fact, I will never forget, my dad at times could be verbally abusive. And one time my grandmother was visiting us and we were all sitting in the dining room and my dad got mad at my mom and he told her to shut up. And I, I, was, I remember I was about 13. I was so shocked and so angry that my mother did. She stopped talking and I was, there was steam coming out of my ears. And I turned to my grandmother and I said, how can, how can this be? How can we let, and everyone else around the table was a woman or a girl. And I thought, how can we let this be okay? And my mother stood up and went into the kitchen to get the next dish. And I left the table because I could not sit there and not yell at my dad. But I was taught, A, respect your elders, B, you don't yell at your dad, and I was somewhat afraid of my dad, and C, you don't walk into conflict. So the only recourse I had was to leave the table. And that's what I did. And I went up to my room and I was so angry. And later when I said to my mom, how can you do that? How can you follow his orders and, and 
you know, stop talking in that way. And I just couldn't get my head around it. And her answer to me was, it's not worth it to make waves. It's not worth it because the end result is going to be that he may start yelling at you. He may get angry at something else. Or I may have a toll to pay later. So it's just better if I don't make waves. Well, how many millions of women around the world think that way and operate out of fear? So all that together, it's about how we affect those around us. So my dad in that situation was wielding his power. And he had power because my mother allowed it. My grandmother, as I was walking to my room, I hear my grandmother reaming him out. And she wasn't going to stand for it at all. So, of course, I was very proud that she was doing that. But to some extent, she could get away with it because she was the mom. So, again, thinking about our place in society and where we use our power and how we're affected by others using their power is a big piece of it for me because, again, it's so pervasive and problematic, especially for women, for underserved populations, for minority populations. Again, we're taught to be quiet and not to get involved in conflict. We could end the episode right there. Patty, that was... Like, I, my, my neck is sore again just from all the nodding I just did. Like, I really, yes. Well, yes. and I think we've 100%. all experienced that. It doesn't that. have to be your dad yelling at your mom. It could be a million other circumstances, but we've all experienced it. And not just us as women, us as humans. Everyone has experienced that kind of dynamic where you have felt less powerful. And then you have a choice to make. Do you speak up and speak out? And as my mom said, make waves. Or do you stay quiet? Most of us stay quiet because it feels so threatening to do otherwise. So, in, so let's take this for a moment in a business mm-hmm. setting. So in a business setting, our fears are different. We're not f- afraid somebody's going to yell at us or that there's going to be physical harm, typically. What we're afraid of is rejection. We're afraid of somebody hurting our feelings. We're afraid of maybe we're not really worthy. Maybe we're not really who we think we are. And we can't really deliver what we think we can deliver. A lot of self-doubt. So those kinds of fears plague us. And especially when we're talking about something like pricing or sales, we avoid. Because we're not going to step into a conflict. We haven't been taught to do that. So, or what feels like a conflict, because sales really isn't if you do it right. And, and I really teach relationship selling, so it's, it's much more like matchmaking. So if we can minimize that feeling of conflict, then we won't avoid in the same way. And by avoiding, of course, then we have unsteady revenue, our revenue goes up and down, we are then we have a whole different set of fears. Now we're afraid we can't make our businesses as successful as we'd like. We can't earn what we wanna earn. And we have a whole new set of fears. 
So it's a spiral that builds on itself, which is why I think stepping into your power is so critical because everything comes from that. Lisa, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Hmm. I am spiritually giving a moment of silence to the incredible story that you just gave. Um, so, so powerful. And I was feeling myself getting emotionally hooked by the story. Like I wanted to go in and save. I wanted to go in and rescue. I wanted to go in and shake my fist at the bully or something, something more. Um, I also grew up with a, a very emotional father and he would have these huge temper tantrums, very scary. And when I think about, when I think about power dynamics in society, I, I think about um, all of the generational traumas that cement power dynamics and keep us from living to our true potential and especially being able to separate the fake tigers from the real tigers. The real tigers being, you know, sometimes, and you know, in my situation um, was, was a lot safer than other people's situations too. Like my, my father never hit us doesn't make it okay, but I, I'm, I'm privileged enough to know that in some people's power dynamic, you actually need to, for survival purposes, you need to respond in a survival way to those power threats. So in my mind, I'm like, I think it's so important for us to do the generational trauma work, the therapy work, to be able to know when we need to use our reactivity and our placation to survive versus in a business realm where it is right to write, where it is powerful and fully expressive and um, there's a healing to asking for our price and going into a sales conversation and making those invitations when there is a win-win a there. Um, I think we need to know that that difference. And I've been speaking a lot about generational traumas recently with, with my clients. Um, so that's what, that's what was resonating with me. I was noticing like my own emotional trigger and that it's very different when you're talking about power dynamics and privilege and safety versus business so that our brains can really understand this is actually a safe place to practice stepping into our power and being fully expressed and making waves and finding the win-win. I absolutely think that sales conversations can be a total win-win if we reinvent our relationship to what they look like. I actually think of sales conversations as similar as a matchmaking conversation and a transformative conversation but done in, done in a way that, um, that is manipulative or uses power dynamic that actually makes that generational trauma worse. Um, so thank you for bringing that story up. I did not think this conversation was going frankly, in that direction. <laughs> Audrey, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, um, I think the thing that's on top first is I agree with both of you around the sales conversation. I find s sales to be incredibly enjoyable and a fun time. And I, it's just, it's like mutual, it's like a mutual admiration society, right? Like I think you're awesome and I'd love to work with you and you think I'm awesome and you'd like to work with me and then let's do it. And if that's not there, great. <laughs> like, so what? You know, like I think that's kind of, so I, I, yeah, I have no charge around sales. Sales are very exciting and enjoyable for me also. Um, and I think that there, this is such an interesting conversation because my, my mind is sort of sorting in different levels of things. Uh, you know, one thing I'm thinking about is the, the concept of the social nervous system and how we, um, you know, how we kind of have defaults around, uh, if we're feeling safe or not feeling safe, if we feel like we belong versus we, we don't feel like we belong and, and stepping in, stepping into your power and the concept of the social nervous system in terms of like how we feel in a group, maybe feeling like I can, I can be different and still be okay. Right. There's something of like, I can speak out. I can, I can do something different than what this, this group, you know, in a, in a real setting, maybe in a boardroom or in a virtual setting, you know, depending on where things are that I can actually speak out and sit with the discomfort that is going to come with that. And I'm going to be okay. And I think a lot of this is around that concept of, of how we relate to discomfort. Like when you're talking about conflict, this is actually very real for me right now. I am, ex I noticed, this is one of the things I noticed this morning with a, a group meditation uh, group that I was practicing with. There was a conflict or a perceived conflict happening in the group. And I can notice my whole system get really uncomfortable. I was extremely uncomfortable with what I perceived to be conflict. Even that, even if that was not actually what was happening, I was extremely uncomfortable. I wanted to disengage, right? To Patty's point, right? There was a piece of me that was like, I am slowly backing up the stairs. <laughs> Right? Like, and it wasn't, and it was a bit of a rage. It was a bit of discomfort. It was a bit of a like, not. So I think just that observation in myself is very helpful to know, okay, I have this in relation to conflict. If I am going to be stepping into my power and in relation to conflict, which is going to come with stepping into your power, I have to be aware of that discomfort that exists. And I have to be able to hold that. I have to be with that discomfort that exists and be okay and be on board with it because it's going to come with it. And like, I think Lisa used the term like making waves. And I think um, exercising, stepping into tiny powers before stepping into the quintessential P, you know, capital P power <laughs> is where you build up enough muscle strength to step into the full power. Is like, where are you even little places? Like I'll give an example of um, getting my hair washed at a hair salon. And people asking, how is the temperature of the water? And have you ever been like, oh, it's fine. Even though you thought, you know, it's a little bit hot for me, right? Like that, that maybe you, and maybe none of you can relate to that, but that's a piece of that where like, that would be stepping into a tiny P power for me saying, hey, you know, it's like a little bit hot. Can you take it down a few notches? So, yes. And yeah. Audrey, that's a really good point. Those little steps are very important. Um, when I was doing some market research, one of the questions that I asked was about what are the biggest challenges you're facing, and, and I was talking to women business owners, and the, the answers that came back were all around, I'm juggling a million things, I've got my family responsibilities, as well as my business, 
I have uneven revenue, I have, and last time in our session, we talked a little bit about the difference between symptoms and problems. And because a lot of what people are describing are really symptoms of deeper problems. And, and that's certainly what I believe about pricing, that when you're generating more revenue, some of those symptoms will start to go away because you have more choices and more, quote, power as you're bringing in more revenue. So one of the, the questions that I asked was about revenue and about pricing. And I asked the question, do you believe that your pricing for your service is too low, right on target, or too high? What, what is your general feeling? And the overwhelming answer I got was, oh, my pricing is fine. It's fine. Just like, Audrey, the water temperature hmm. was fine. Right? Because even changing your pricing exactly. feels like it's going to involve conflict. And so I really take your point about taking smaller steps. And I do that. That's also a great way to change your mindset and your thinking and your limiting beliefs. And that's some of what I teach is those smaller steps so that you can get to the point where you may still feel uncomfortable changing your pricing structure or raising your prices. But uh, for my clients, because they're technical experts, they really love the mechanics of it. So that's how I approach it, is with the mechanics. And along the way, we're working on mindset. And by the time they get to the point of needing to talk to a prospect about their pricing, they're already so much more confident because they understand the structure. And they understand there was a rationale. There was a reason we structured it the way we did. And so it's, it is those smaller steps that get you to the point where I have had clients who have said to me, it would never in a million years have occurred to me to price in this way or at this level. And they're making sales and they're just, they feel like it's magic. And I'd love to take credit for the magic, but it's not magic. It's a system. It's a framework. It's taking those smaller steps so you can step into your power and it will become part of your, your world so that you can continue to do it. It's not a one-time thing. And I just want to point out something too, Patty, what you make possible, right? You make possible this relaxation and trust, right? In order for people, and I think that's maybe just a general overview here too, is like, we need people, again, this is this whole thing, is like when you have the people who are supporting you, allowing you to relax, right? You've got this system, you've got a way of speaking about it that allow people to relax and tr they trust you. And then they start to relax and they start to be able to receive the information. Then they start to be able to trust, oh, actually, I think I can do this, right? I'm starting to do the little push-ups so I can like get to do the big push-up. And so that's that whole piece of like, in order to step into your own power, it, it's important to be surrounded by the people that allow you to have that relaxation and to be able to like conceive that this is a possible thing and then to help show you how to do it, right? This modeling piece. So I just want to say that that's that you do deserve credit for that in a big way, Patty. And um, yes, right, full credit to the clients always. And what you make possible you. is really important. Yeah, I have two pieces to build on this. Um, the first, similar to Audrey, um, it's not magic and it is magic. 
I think it's not magic in how you do it, but it is magical in that you're doing it. In stepping into our power or owning our power or taking up more space or whatever acronym or phrase you want to use around this, it's, it's important for our own healing and our own transformation and our own full robust life to do so, sure, because we get to have the things we've always wanted to have. We get to have a voice. We get to, to see ourselves exercising muscles that we've never that we've never done before. But it also pioneers a way for other people that didn't think that it was possible. And that's really what I got in, in your share, Patty, is that the magic in it is that you went first. You went first, you carved a path, you created a way for other people to do the same that would never have thought it possible. And I think it is so important for women to do that for others. And we had talked about this before that, yeah, I mean, we're, we're a competitive, comparison, hungry culture. Like we, we thrive on that sort of very disempowered stuff. And it doesn't give us the opportunity to be able to pioneer in a way that's empowering. But I think that's part of stepping into our power, pioneering the way, saying the thing, making the waves, and then supporting other women to do the same. And I think there's an importance to doing so selfishly and selflessly. And that's the way I feel about my coaching a lot of the times. Like, I was not, I, <laughs> I, I, was, I never wanted to be a public speaker. I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I never wanted to make waves. I was homeschooled for six years. I was a painfully shy introvert for a very long time. Lots of traumatic stuff in therapy. But I felt called to make a difference, especially for other powerful people. And that's what keeps on having me be uncomfortable and go outside my comfort zone and raise my prices. And um, I'm working on a huge corporate contract that is way outside my comfort zone. I have to keep on reminding myself, like, stay, stay the course, get some partnership, trust yourself. Like, it's okay. Failure isn't like it's only in your head. If this doesn't happen, it's fine. Your life will be, I have, to, I have to keep on telling myself this, but I know that by doing this, I can then bring this to my clients and say, hey, it is totally possible. And to the second point, I think what we're speaking to in like stepping into our power is being comfortable with discomfort. It's allowing ourselves to take a look at what's, what's creating resistance to doing that and going, oh, it's just discomfort. It's this thought of or projection of blah, blah, blah. My, my worthiness, my, I don't want to make waves. I don't want to get people mad at me. And then going, okay, I can be uncomfortable. I've done it before. I can do it again. Step, step, step. Um, I think that that's a huge, huge piece of coaching um, that is under, under talked about and underutilized is supporting people to do the uncomfortable thing over and over. Cause that's, that's what makes the breakthrough and that's what makes the difference. Yay coaching. Yay coaching. <laughs> mm. So I'm, I'm looking at the time and I'm feeling a desire to create a wrap up around this. I'm looking at John. I'm like, is John going to jump in here? Uh, but I'm going to, I'm just going to wrap this up <laughs> because shoot, that's where I'm at. Um, so I'm curious, like having had the conversation that we've had and explored the things that we explored, which I think is such a cool way that these conversations go. I don't think we ever 
you can't plan for, for good conversations. I think if you create a topic that is interesting to those involved, everybody will find their way into the topic. And I think that's what happens with us every single time. So I'm, I'm really grateful for everybody's process there. And I'm curious to hear what people's, I guess, takeaways are uh, from, from this conversation. Because I think that there are things that came up that maybe we were not expecting to come So Audrey, I, I was well, gonna I suggest that Audrey start, but oh, Lisa, go sorry. ahead. Go ahead, Patty. Um, immediately, what comes to mind is the story that you brought, Patty, that our, we can't talk about stepping into our power without honoring and noticing and undoing the power dynamics of society. Audrey, you next. Yeah, I think that's that's what's on top for me also, is I was really impacted by that, Patty. Um, and I, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that I would not have gotten there in the way that I did without you, you speaking to it in the way that you spoke about it. So that was a huge highlight for me personally. And um, yeah, highlight of this episode, Thank you. I think. For me, the takeaway, um, I was... And, and you know, what's so interesting is that we... It's not surprising, but it's interesting that what our takeaways are are all about the stories. And so my story mm -hmm. of my parents' power dynamic has made an impression. And your story about your first aid training, Audrey, has made a strong impression on me about don't become a second victim. And that is an extreme because obviously there's physical harm that you're thinking about, but it's no less real when it's emotional harm. And that is what a lot of women are struggling with in their businesses. We're not worried about physically being hurt. We're worried about emotionally. And, there, and that fear keeps us stuck. And so another very overused word is empower. And I have a very conflicting relationship with that word. I use it, but I don't believe that I empower other people. I believe you can be self-empowered because again, it's a dynamic. And Lisa, you made the point about how the, the you know, and, and now I'm, I've got all these thoughts in my head and I'm thinking about all of the power that we experience, we can choose, well, we can choose how we want to react or respond, but we often don't think we can choose. So we go down a particular path, and at least to your point about the coaching, that is the benefit of working with a coach, is that, and I mentioned in one of our sessions that the question I'm asked most often is how do I know I'm on the right path, right? And that's the whole concept of mm. coaching, is helping you determine. I'm not here to tell you whether or not you're on the right path. That's not my distinction to make. But I can, quote, empower you to figure out what's right for you and guide you along that path. And again, that's all that power dynamic of helping people, and Lisa, to your point about being a pioneer, 
I, yes, I have done all of those things for myself and I still have more work to do. And I can help others find where they feel empowered, how they go about making choices and course correcting where I think it's needed. And of course, I think that's very valuable and I have a coach. I think everyone should have a coach because we cannot see Amen. objectively. We just can't. And having that second set of eyes and that second brain that is seeing things from a different perspective, I think is invaluable. Yeah, I entirely agree. We are not the best correspondents for our greatness or our power or what's possible. I think it takes a mirror. I love the mirror concept of coaching. Like we're, we're mirrors. We reflect the, the power and the possibility for others. Sometimes it's through our own life's experience. What should be our topic for our next podcast? John doesn't even need to do any work anymore. We're doing it for him at this point. No. Yeah, we're taking over, John. John. we're actually yeah, stepping just, into our power. Oh, we're actually just, we're just driving this boat at this point, John, so. Well, that's what I was hoping for. So I, I'm just going to get a little cardboard representation of me and stick it in my room. Excellent. Yeah, take it away. I, I actually want to make a, uh, one comment. Everybody, uh, I mean, you just made my day, my week, my life. I mean, you just are awesome. And uh, But I, I also want to share with you something that, um, of course, every story was, like, amazing and lit me up. And But Patty, it's like the whole thing of shut up and all of that. It spoke to me a lot because I've been – I'm with a coach. You know, I've been working with a coach. And uh, one thing that came out was that um, – and this has to do with why do I podcast? You know, part of it is, as Patty knows, because she helped me come to the resolution of, because you have something of value to say. Mm. And we all know that. But there's always kind of something behind it, I think, that drives you to do it, or at least it, it does for me. And my father started losing his hearing at the age of 40. Mm. And this is something two weeks ago that I just kind of like, oh my gosh. And... It got so bad, and my mother couldn't deal with it, and rest and many of the family members couldn't either. Essentially, he could not be heard. Mm. Not mm. only could he not hear, but he could not be heard because he couldn't hear the conversation. Mm. So, yeah, so that uh, I, I think you all have no idea how much you impact people. Mm. Um, you know just being being yourselves and and who you are and i'm really truly grateful so yeah i don't need to be here <laughs> but we're, we're great done. we're happy you I, are I appreciate, John. <laughs> I appreciate the the humility and i also want to point out that this wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for you making it possible mm -hmm. so the value of you having us back producing this line of podcasts is is just tremendous and i can't i can't acknowledge you enough for doing this more no, more you. men need to need to do things like this and have these platforms. Yeah, I and mean, if you're listening and you're a man, yeah, just start your own thing because I mean it's really fun. It's really fun to be, you know, it's like this is what we like to do. We like to blow things up as children, right? <laughs> we like <laughs> I did. 
Oh, you did? Oh, okay. I, yeah, I was talking good. about guys. I, know, I going... set things on fire in my backyard, so that was, you know, maybe I was... 100%. <laughs> I, yeah. I love to throw rocks at everything. Yeah, so the invitation is to, is to you know, uh, start your own thing and blow up some things. Some notions about the way men have to be and a, a whole lot of other things, too. So it's great. Love it. Very cool. All right. So, yep, Audrey, take it away. I'm muting myself, and you can talk about next time. Oh, I got, I just got nominated. Um, let's see. Well, I don't know. I, blowing things up has now got my attention now that John just talked about blowing things up. I don't, I don't know. That's, my brain is a little bit stuck on that concept. I don't know if that's the next episode, but I am, I am now thinking about things that I would like to blow up as in like actually just explode with an explosive device, things that I'd like to blow up as in like get big. You know, now I'm thinking about all the different things that can be destroyed or made bigger and so now i'm i'm that's where my brain is stuck and i'm curious if anybody else has got thoughts around that well, i love that idea i think it it plays well on our episode today and stepping into our power because then what happens when we do we blow things up we blow that's things it. out we raise the that's roof it. we shatter our glass ceiling is that the whole point of us being here disruption. right <laughs> disruption totally yeah so yeah, My what are your first thoughts, reaction Patty? to that was it, that it's very negative, and I want to be careful that we don't get into a political discussion, because that's where I came from as a political consultant many years ago. Patty's always tracking um, that tracking that yes, thread. Where I, is that I, in I, here? I, I love. I appreciate that about you, Patty. Politics is in everything, and so as long as we mm -hmm. focus it on business, I'm comfortable with that, and to. To your point, yeah. Audrey, it's not necessarily about blowing things up in a negative way. It could be making them bigger, making them more important and more noticeable. And again, that ties into stepping into your mm -hmm. power, speaking up, speaking out. Um, you know, one of the things that I have to say, again, I have mixed feelings about are people that are starting movements. and. I think there's mm. a lot of benefit in how that is done and for important causes. So I don't have a problem with that part of it, but I do have a problem with people that are doing it in order to puff themselves up. And we see that more frequently mm -hmm. than I would like. So that's kind of what came to mind for me when I heard John talk about blowing things up was all of these movements that have come about, some have really kind of fallen apart. You know, if you think of the Wall Street uh, movement, that has really kind of fallen apart. And yet at the time, the sit-ins and the, mm -hmm. everything that was happening made the news and it was a big, big deal. So I think moderating what's a big deal and what's not is important in our society because the loudest voices get all the attention. And I think the three of us doing this series is important in that respect because we're not the loudest voices. We are, we put our heads down and we do the work. And when we come together and we're talking conceptually about whatever the topic is, we're bringing our brains to that and our, our thoughts and our different perspectives but the three of us are not the loudest voices out there. And I don't have any 
aspiration to be that. So that's what I would say about blowing up is I think it's an interesting topic and I'd like to talk about how it relates in business. Hundred percent. So should we keep the the wording or you know, one of the words you use, like Lisa, that I really like is pioneer. So what if we take it from a negative to a positive mm. and we talk about disruption by pioneering or by innovation? Mm. What do you think? I love that. Audrey, Disruption what do you think? by pioneering. Disruption by pioneering. My my brain is trying to find find a a disruption by pioneering. My brain's not loving those the, that phrase in the way that it is right now. I like the concept, but I'm I'm trying to find a better a more tidily way to how, say that. I, <laughs> this is kind of how I, my brain is is well, doing that. I see John smiling it, over there. Like, um, <laughs> becoming a pioneer in business. Not dramatic enough? Keeping it simple? Keeping it general? Hmm. How about pioneering? Super simple. One <laughs> word. Are you a pioneer? Question mark. Pioneer How to pioneer in business? Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Know. How to pioneer in business. We need some more pioneer. I would say Ooh, how to like pioneer it. in business. Yeah. Audrey, yeah. you're very, very Done. good at this. I like that. <laughs> okay, so I'm writing this down. We get there eventually. It's how to pioneer in business. Or how about your business? How to pioneer in your business? No. No, I think no I'm sorry. How to pioneer in business. Yeah. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I, I throw things out too. Uh, pioneering in business. Uh, I, I was gonna say. Nope, I you like guys Audrey's got it. How to pioneer yeah, in yeah. business? <laughs> what what I Audrey said. Group silence on that. <laughs> Two seconds. Yeah. It's I put think, to bed. I think you have your answer. How to pioneer Amazing. in business? All right, don't thank go you, away, John. but thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having us, John.